0: Tonight we are back in our study. Uh, it seems that's how I start every Sunday night. Tonight we are back in our study. It seems pretty common. It sounds kind of uh, boring and mundane. Tonight we're back in our study. Well, I was thinking about this evening. Maybe if I changed it up a little bit, maybe if I phrased it differently, that would help uh, spice it up tonight. And So I want to try a, different, a couple of different uh, introductions tonight. Here, here's the first one. Tonight we are back learning the things that would keep us from making a dumpster fire of our lives. Or how about this one? Tonight we're back learning the things that would keep us from living like the two-faced hypocrites the world thinks we are. Is that too strong? Or how about we're back learning the things that would keep us from wearing out some poor, uninterested counselor while we're paying them $150 $150 an hour I'm going to try one more tonight the infinitely wise good God of all creation has graciously given us his wisdom through his word tonight we're back in our study in Proverbs and I want to tell you that's exactly what is happening in fact all of those things are happening uh, tonight we are continuing a section where God is actually graciously walking us through points of instruction for life. He is telling us, do these things. He's telling us, avoid these other things. Now, all of that comes with the goal that we would live lives that point to him, lives that honor him, and lives that are a blessing to us at the same time. Last Sunday night, if you remember, we left off in verse 22. And so tonight, yes, we're going to, pick back up in our study starting here in verse 23. Proverbs chapter 25, beginning in verse 23. God's word says this. The north wind brings forth rain and a backbiting tongue and angry countenance. The north wind brings forth rain and a backbiting tongue and angry countenance. Now verse 23 is an interesting verse. Uh, probably the best translation is a cold wind. And so not necessarily a north wind, but a cold wind brings forth rain. Now I want you to see the picture here, see what is developing here. Uh, The only thing that is worse than being caught in a rain is being caught in a cold wind and a rain. Think about that. That's an uncomfortable thing. That is really an agitating, irritating thing. It's an upsetting thing. Well, that's the picture that is painted here. They are caught in a cold wind and a rain. And the the picture is, in the same way, a backbiting tongue. Now, a backbiting tongue, let me define that for you. That is a slandering tongue. Some translations say a sly tongue tongue now, this is a person who secretly talks about you that's actually what they do they're a person who acts one way but they secretly tear you down they tell lies about you and so it says this backbiting person they're they're secretly speaking about you tearing you down and it says it results in an angry countenance Now, it's even more interesting here. In the original Hebrew, and I looked and I looked, no one is sure which comes first. And so it could say, an angry look brings forth slanderous speech. It could say that, or it could say slanderous speech brings forth an angry look, an angry countenance. And really, no one is sure Uh, What the exact order is, here's what I've decided. Honestly, I can tell you both of those things are true. And so here is the warning in verse 23. Be careful of people who talk about you. Be leery of people who talk about you. And here's the flip side of that. Don't give people dirty looks. Don't give people dirty looks. It will come back to bite you. Verse 23, the north wind brings forth rain and a backbiting tongue and angry countenance. Moving to verse 24. It is better to live in a corner of the roof than in a house shared with a contentious woman. It is better to live in in a corner of the roof than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Woman. Now, we've heard this before. There's actually a couple different versions of it. There's another verse that is identical to it. Uh, evidently, it bears repeating uh, in our instruction. Now, the picture is, in those days, oftentimes, there would be a patio on the upper level of their roof. On this patio, at certain times of the year, they would sleep outside. They would sleep on the roof. Well, the verse says, it's better to be hemmed in in the corner of that roof than it is to have the entire run of the house but to have to share that house with a contentious woman. Now, I want to warn you right here, we're, we talk about this in danger of upsetting contentious women everywhere. Now, this is God's word. This is what it says. Contentious. Let's think about that word. Some, some folks might be getting mad right now. Contentious It means quarrelsome. It means brawling, existing in strife, or fight-provoking. And so here's the picture of this woman. She is not happy, and she is sharp-tongued, and she has an issue with everything, and she is mean, and she's foul, but she's not content just to be mean and foul. She has to force the issue. She has to stir up trouble. She provokes trouble. There might not be any trouble, but she's upset about something. She's brewing about something, and she provokes trouble. Now, there's no reason that it could not be a man. The example is a woman. There's no reason it couldn't be a man, but the example is a woman. Now, here's the warning. We have to think about this for a second. Here is the warning. See this tonight. Once you are married to a contentious person you're stuck and the only answer is to hide out on the roof that's what it says once you're married to a contentious person and that's how they act that's how they operate the the best you can do is just say i'll be outside on the roof so here's the warning what is the warning that's the truth what's the warning listen to this people's dispositions matter How people respond, how people treat people, their disposition, it actually matters. And so here's the warning, be warned tonight, if there's a person and they're unhappy and that's the pattern of their life, they're always mad, they're always bitter, they're always filled with strife, all around them is trouble, here's the warning, get away from that person. And here's a greater warning, for sure don't marry that person. Stay away from that person. I was thinking about that, and, and tonight, I wonder tonight how many people are going to have to live on the corner of the roof because somebody in their house is a time bomb, and they're all upset, and they're, they're foul about this, and they're upset, and I don't know how many women it may be, how many men it may be, but they've got to get somewhere and turn the TV set on and get in the corner because they're dealing with a contentious person. Here's the warning. People's disposition matters. And and be warned of those folks. Stay away from those folks. And for sure, do not be closely related. Do not marry those folks. Nobody say amen. Verse 25. Like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. Like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. Now, verse 25 really is just a statement. I read that. It doesn't tell us to do anything. It doesn't tell us not to do anything. It's really just a statement. It says, like cold water is a blessing, is refreshing to a tired soul, to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. Now, one of the fun things, one of the interesting things is to be able to go back to the Hebrew, to the original language, and see the meanings that words have. Good news from a distant land probably translates out of nowhere, out of the blue. And so, just like water is refreshing, so is good news out of nowhere, out of the blue. Here's the thing. Here's the deal. Listen to this. People like good news. Now, I don't care who you are. I don't care what's your, what your age, what's your situation. People like good news. It is refreshing to hear good news. Friends, I want to tell you tonight, we ought to be people of good news. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to all of us. We ought to be people of good news. We ought to share good news. We, we ought to speak good news. We ought to spread good news. If you don't know any good news, make some up. Here's one of the great traps of our day. One of the great traps of our day is that we become so entrenched in the culture and the negative spin of the world that we actually make a hobby of speaking bad news. And that's one of the traps of our day. Well, we just go around and we just repeat what we've heard. Well, I guess you saw the news last night. Well, I guess you heard about this last week. Well, I guess you heard about their terrible prognosis. And we go around and we speak all of the negative things. We unload and we swirl in all of the negative things of the day, all of the negative things of the culture. I was listening. It's it's very interesting to listen. I was... Just listening, we can see some of the fruit of it tonight. People talking about the storm tonight. I think there's a 60% chance of a storm, 60-something percent. And I was just listening today what people said. Well, I guess you heard there's gonna be a storm tonight. Well, there's probably gonna be hell in the storm tonight. I guess you heard that. 40% chance there's not even gonna be a storm tonight, but there's gonna be hell in it if there is one. Probably going to blow down all the limbs in my yard. I got pecan trees. Probably going to blow down all the limbs in my yard. Probably going to be a tornado tonight. I guess they've issued a warning about that. There's going to be a tornado tonight. It's going to be about 8 o'clock. We'll get home for it. Hope there's not a tornado. Add all that up. There's going to be a tornado of hell and limbs that comes tonight at 8 o'clock. But you know I was listening, and I'm just listening Nobody said, you know what, it'd be nice to get a rain tonight at 8 o'clock. Maybe it'll rain an inch tonight at 8 o'clock. We ought to get some rain, that'd be nice. Nobody said, maybe it'll blow all the leaves back to the Presbyterian church and we won't have to rake up here at Calvary Baptist Church. Friends, we need to be deliberate to speak good news. We ought to be deliberate. Listen, we ought to be mindful. We ought to be deliberate to speak good news. You know what looks like a nice week that's coming? What a good Bible study we had tonight. I was so glad to be in church this morning. Man, that's some good-looking kids you've got right there. Looks like egg prices are coming down after all. Here's the challenge. Listen, I'm going to make this a real challenge. Either tonight or tomorrow, as the verse says, out of nowhere, out of the blue, send five people some good news. And you got to think about what it is. There's good news all around us. Maybe, maybe just tell them God loves them. Tell them you're praying for them. Out of the blue, tonight or tomorrow, send five people good news. Now, don't be surprised if they say, who's this? All right, verse 26. Verse 25, like cold water to a weary soul. So is good news from a distant land. Verse 26, like a trampled spring and a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. Like a trampled spring and a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. A trampled spring, a polluted well. Now, here's the picture. There is a clean spring. And it's a clean, crystal clear spring and the cattle come, and I've seen this, and they, they stomp all in it, and they stand all in it, and they muddy it all up, they murk it all up, and they mess up that spring. A polluted well. There is a well, and it's, it's full of fresh water, it's full of cool water, and a possum falls in it and dies. You ever seen that? You walk up, and to the top of the well stinks. What was refreshing. What held a promise, oh, there's, there's a spring over there. What was good is now marred. It is now ruined. And the Bible says that is a disappointing thing. That is a disappointing thing. You get to the well and it's ruined. It is a disappointing thing. Well, the Bible says in the same way is a righteous person, is a good person, who gives way before the wicked. Now here's what happens. I want you to see this. They fall in with these folks. And they may may start to tolerate them. They may start to hang out with them. They may start to be friends with them. But they fall in with these folks. And in doing so, the pressure comes and the peer pressure comes and they start to lower their standard. Here's this good person and they start to lower their standard. They start to bend a little bit. They start to give in. It's in the wrong way. They start to overlook sin. They start to overlook the wrong things. They even begin to participate in it, and they give way in the lie of the wicked. They change. You ever see that happen? You ever watch that happen? There's a person, man, they're a good person, and they get in with the wrong folks, and, and, and there's pressure there, and it becomes normal there, and you know what? It's not a big deal there. And they begin to change. And they give way. They compromise. And the Bible says, oh, the expectation was great. Oh, there was something good there. Oh, there was an expectation. And nothing is so disappointing. We've heard this before. In fact, we've heard it a bunch of times. Listen, who we run with matters. Who we listen to matters. What we are around, who we are around, it matters. Now listen, look at the folks that you're running with and the truth is this, that is a glimpse of what we will move toward. Now sometimes we say, I'm I'm stronger than that, I'm better than that, I'm gonna pull them all up, that's what I'm gonna do. The truth is, look at the folks that you're running with and that is a glimpse of the direction we will move toward. Listen, here's here's the deal, choose your people wisely. Surround yourself with people that are going to build you up, they are going to point to Christ, they are going to live and walk in integrity, that you're not going to have to cover your eyes and your ears, that you're not going to have to overlook the things that they say, the jokes that they tell. Choose your people wisely. What a disappointment to see a good person crater and compromise and be given in to the wicked folks around them. Like a trampled spring in a pluto whales, a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. All right, Verse 27. It is not good to eat much honey, not that again. <laughs> it is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glory to search out one's own glory. nor is it glory to search out one's own, glory. It is not good to eat much honey. We talked about that last week. There is too much of a good thing. You can get so much of a good thing that it, that it causes you harm, that it makes you sick. In the same way, nor is it glory. Now, I want you to think about these words. Nor is it glory, true glory, to search out. That's the word that means to seek one's own Glory. Now, I want to tell you, every, every single time we move through these verses, I think, man, that's pertinent. That's on time. Well, listen, this is pertinent. This is right on time. If there was ever a, a timely thing, listen, I think with the, with the, with the social media that we have, the, the way we travel and speak and communicate, we live, I believe this, in the greatest age of self-promotion that I can ever imagine. Now, the reason is, I think it's always been our desire. It's always been our heart, but it's easier to do. We live in an age of self-promotion, of seeking our own glory, of exalting ourselves, of bragging on ourselves. Think about that. We do something good. People do something good. They got to post pictures of it. It's not enough to just do something good. It doesn't count unless you post pictures of it. You help somebody out, you got to post a picture of it. You got to tell folks, I helped some folks out this afternoon. And you've got to let folks know about it. Today there is a new twist. I don't know if this, I guess this has come up with social media, but, but there is a new twist called a humble brag. And it seems like you're not bragging, but you're actually bragging. Now, that's pretty twisted for our brains to come up with. But it seems like you're not bragging, but you're actually bragging. Here's how it goes. Now, some folks, you may have seen stuff like this this afternoon. People will say, I am so sorry, y'all. I was only able to help feed 10 homeless people today. And people say, oh, you're good. You're so good. I didn't even feed. All I could do was 12. That's all I can help. Oh, I'm so sorry, y'all. I was only able to read at the hospital for, for two hours today to help out there. And people say, oh, you're good and you're so good. I wish I were, I wish I were that. Well, here, here's one that's, that's, that I see all the time. People will post, no filters. This is just me. And they always perch out some duck lips. This is just me. Everybody says, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. If I were looking for somebody beautiful, I'd look for you. Even even in duck lips, you're so beautiful. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that's something, (laughs) but it's not true glory. It's something. It's ridiculous is what it is, but it's not true glory. Now, here's what the Bible says we ought to do. The Bible says we ought to do our best. The Bible says we ought to do good. The Bible says we ought to work hard. The Bible says we ought to be a blessing. The Bible says we ought to live in a way that honors God. And here's the deal. Others will see that or listen, or they won't, but it does not matter. We have one audience and that is our God that sees our heart, that sees our motivation. You know what? You can glorify yourself. You can exalt yourself. Everybody may brag. It's not true glory. Here's what we do. We serve an audience Of one. Others will see it or they won't, but it doesn't matter. God will see and God will know. It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glory. It's not real to search out one's own glory. Verse 28. All right, here we go. Like a city, like a city that is broken into and without walls, is a man who has no control over his spirit. Like a, this is getting serious, like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. Now, a city that is broken into and without walls, this is a city that robbers can go into and they can come back out of. It is a city that attackers could go to and there's nothing to hinder them, nothing to slow them down. They're able to go into it and come back out of it. It is a city that a conquering army can invade. And so they get there. You know what? There's a breach in the wall. There's not even a wall. They're able to go in and they're able to invade that city. Because of those things, those people, think about it, they are in peril. They are in danger. They may have had a good couple days, but you know what? There's no peace because there's no wall. Somebody can come in at any time. They, They may have had a good day, but you know what? There's no safety there's no security because there's a breach in the wall and somebody can come in at any time. Ultimately, those folks have no peace. They cannot rest because danger is always crouching. It's always imminent. It says that's like a person, a man, who has no control over his spirit. Now, what that's talking about is a lack of self control. A lack of self-control is foolish. A lack of self-control sets you up for danger, for peril, for trouble. Now, let me, let me tell you what a uh, lack of self-control looks like. And there's a whole lot of shapes of this. Lack A lack of self-control, you act before you think. You speak before you consider. You buy on impulse. Give me four of those. You serve yourself. You seek your own good. You do what pleases you. You feed your own appetite. You know what? I want some more of that, and I don't don't care about the consequence. I don't care what it's going to cost me down the road. You're serving yourself. You're feeding your own appetites. You run to sin. That looks good. That looks exciting. They're doing it. You jump into sin. You get mad. You fly off the handle. You get angry. Oh, I couldn't control myself. I burst into rage. You say things like, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. You say things like, I couldn't help myself. Oh, I couldn't help myself. Here's the deal about the person that doesn't exercise self-control. You will find yourself in trouble. Now, it's, it's a funny thing. The fruit of the Spirit in the New Testament, Galatians 5.22. The fruit of God's Spirit living inside of us. When we're saved, God's Spirit takes up residence inside of us. The fruit of the Spirit, the result of having the Spirit of the living God inside of us, produces love. Hey, that makes sense. Living God lives inside of us, love, yes. Joy, yes. We ought to be joyful. We're, We're filled with the Spirit of the living God, peace. Listen, that that makes perfect sense. Peace, kindness, goodness, yes, that ought to happen. We're filled with the Spirit of the living God. Galatians 5.22, self-control. One of the things that is produced, one of the results that is produced by being filled with the Spirit of the living God is we are people of self-control. We're to be self-controlled. Like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. We're going to stop right there this evening. I'm going to ask if you'd stand, please. I'm going to lead you some word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and we take joy in your word tonight. And I pray, Lord, as we have heard, that we are glad. And I pray, Lord, that there is a spirit inside of us that wants to know more, that wishes we hadn't have stopped, that wants to go back and look at these truths again, that wants to put them into practice tonight and tomorrow. Lord, help us to be shaped by your word. Lord, help us to be led by your word. Let it bear good fruit. Lord, let us speak good news. Lord, let us walk in self-control. Lord, let us pick people that would build us up instead of tear us down. Lord, help us be those type of people. Lord, I pray thanking you for your word. Lord, I'm thankful for all the good things you've blessed us with. I'm thankful for an awesome church. I'm thankful for people to walk with. I'm thankful for the word of God to lead us and direct us. Lord, I'm thankful for the possibility of rain tonight. Lord, you are good and gracious and kind. We're thankful for a Savior, Jesus. We're thankful for the forgiveness of our sin. are thankful for our homes, for our, the provisions you've given us. We're thankful for our families. We're thankful again for your hand of kindness and grace shown to us. Lord, we're thankful as we've walked through hard days that you didn't leave us, that you didn't forsake us. We're thankful we have peace and certainty in the midst of unknown days. So, Lord, we just come and we end this day by saying, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.